Um, but as they were praying, there was, some, there was a word that came of my heart that I wanted to speak to you before I get into the message tonight. And the Lord told me to, to tell you, stop dreading. Stop dreading. And what the Lord put in my heart, I was like, what do you mean by that? They said, and what the Lord spoke to me, he goes, when you dread, it slows down time. When you dread, it slows down time. Not that, not that necessarily time changes. It, the hours that they don't change, it's just that, it's just that things aren't going to happen quicker while you're dreading. Dreading is expecting the negative. And, and I, even in practical ways, just, you know, just, you know, the dreading, well, what's, what's going to happen with my job? Dreading of, Oh, I've got to I've got to make sure my kids my, my my kids are getting their schoolwork done. Dread of of you know what if this happens or what if that happens? And I just reminded, and the Lord said said we have to have the perspective of Psalms one twenty six. It said that when He turned our captivity, we were like them that dreamed. What does that mean? That means that that when all of a sudden things changed, all of a sudden it was almost like it never happened to me. It was just like a it was just like a dream, and so so look so wake up each day expecting the best. Wake up each day looking forward to that. We're one step closer to the end of this. We're one step closer to the end of this. We're one day closer to the end of this. Today this is ending. Today this is ending. Today this is ending. Change what you're speaking. Change what you're thinking, and change your perspective. Don't dread. Don't, don't, don't look forward to things with expectation. Look forward to things that God is on the throne. The best is yet to come. Hallelujah. That God is working in my life. He's working in my community. Coronavirus has died. And, and, and call those things that be not as though they are. Just rejoice and say, hey, my child is going back to school. Hey, my kid is going back to school. You know, don't, don't, I'm saying change your perspective. Hallelujah. And I, and I know as you change your perspective, I'm telling you, you're going to open yourself up to joy. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We'll give God a shout of praise right where you are. Amen. Hallelujah. And we're going to get into the word tonight. And uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, turn them to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Exodus chapter 12, and we'll read there in just a moment. But uh, as the sun is uh, setting tonight, we're entering into a significant celebration. You know, right now the sun is setting. You know, uh, in, the, in Israel, they're, they've already celebrated and began this, this celebration. And the sundown tonight on the 8th, is the celebration of the being of Passover. And it goes all the way until April 16th. And so we're in a time of Passover. So as we sit here tonight, we're entering into Passover. The Jews celebrate this feast in expectation for something coming one day. They're celebrating the expectation, will this be the time of our Messiah? Is this the time when our Messiah is coming? Is, is, is there, they have that seat that's open for Elijah and they're just waiting. Is this the, is this the day that Elijah is going to announce the coming of our Savior, the coming of the Messiah? But as believers, we celebrate it from a position that it's finished. 
Hallelujah. We celebrate Passover as not something that we're waiting, waiting for, but we're celebrating that something that's been accomplished. And I believe as we look at Passover that was, we can see the Passover that's been accomplished for you and I today and why we can celebrate it today, that we can celebrate it as a finished work. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 1, and I'm going to do some teaching tonight, so just just, uh, just make sure you have your Bibles, make sure you have something to write with, and just open your hearts, because I want to, us to open our hearts to see what Passover means for you and I today. Exodus chapter 12, verse 1 says, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, In the land of Egypt, this month shall be to you the beginning of months, the first months of the year to you. Tell all the congregation of Israel... On the 10th day of this month, remember that the 10th day of this month, they shall take every man a lamb or a kid according to the size of the family of which he is the father, a lamb or a kid for each house. And if the household is too small to consume the lamb, let him and his next door neighbor take it according to the number of persons. Every man, according to what each can eat, shall make your count for the lamb. Verse five, your lamb or kid shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it from the sheep or the goats and you shall keep it until the 14th day. Remember that the 14th day. So they, they selected on the 10th day, but then they, they kept it until the 14th day, the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel, Israel shall each kill his lamb in the evening. They shall take of the blood and put it on the two sides of the post and on the lintel above the door space of the houses in which they shall eat the Passover lamb. They shall eat the flesh that night roasted with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Eat not of it raw nor boiled at all with water, but roasted its head, its legs, its inner parts. You shall let nothing of the meat remain until morning. And the bones and the inedible bits which remain it until morning, you shall burn it with fire. And you shall eat it thus as fully prepared for a journey. I love this. And you shall eat it thus as fully prepared for a journey. Your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff on your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Verse 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment, proving their helplessness. I am the Lord. The blood shall be for a token or a sign to you upon your doorposts. The house is where you are, that when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague shall be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. In this day shall be to you for a memorial, meaning you should remember this. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Keep it as an ordinance forever. Now, the end of verse 11, I want to say this. It says it is the Lord's Passover. Now, let's go to first Corinthians chapter five. Now, there's too much about the Passover that I can't share in the 40, 35, 40 minutes that we have together tonight. But I want to deposit some things in our hearts about the Passover. Remember, in Exodus, it said it's the Lord's Passover. 
Now let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. Actually, verse 7. It says, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sanctified for us. Now think about this. In Exodus, it called it the Lord's Passover. But when Paul's writing to the church and he's writing to you and I, he calls it our Passover. And it says that Christ is our Passover. I'm so grateful for the finished work. I'm so grateful for that I'm not waiting for the lamb to come. But the lamb came that was slain from the foundation of the world has come for you and me. And he has become our Passover. Wow. Say that with me. He's become my Passover. Hallelujah. So why is it so important for us to understand Passover today? Why is it so important for us to understand the Passover of yesterday? Because it will empower our faith to understand what's already been accomplished. Now, if we go back 2000 years ago, this would be the most important week of Jesus's life. And we know that from his own words that Jesus had a divine appointment with destiny. Think about 2000 years ago to this time that we're living in right now. If you go back to that time and you see that period and you see what was and we can see that Jesus knew that he had appointment with destiny. Let's go to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Hallelujah. And I believe as I'm speaking tonight, Jesus said, said as it said the, the, that as the word was preached, it said the heal, that healing was present. It said as he taught that healing was present. I, I just think that's, that's, that is a, that is something that's happening tonight while you're watching tonight is healing. I, that was a focus on what Pastor Annette and Pastor Cassie were praying about. And I, and I believe it's going to be something that is going to culminate throughout this word. So, so pay attention to what's taking place here tonight because everything is important as we talk, because we're talking about the word tonight. Hallelujah. Jesus had an appointment with destiny 2,000 years ago. In Mark chapter 10, verse 32, and it says, And they were in the way going up to Jerusalem. And Jesus went before them, and they were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid. Now, it's interesting. It's, it said they were heading up to Jerusalem, and it said, And they followed him. And it said they were amazed, and as they followed, they were afraid. Now, it's interesting. Why were they, why were they amazed as they followed him? Why? Because other times that were recent to this, they were like, they were like uh, Jesus said, it's not time for me to go there. He said, it's not time for me to go to Jerusalem right now. It's not time. And all of a sudden now, because of other things he prophesied, Jesus is all of a sudden, he's, say, he's going that direction and said, wait a minute, they're amazed. They're saying, what's going on? They're saying, what's happening? What's, what's taking place right now? What, what's the situation right now? And, and as they're, they're doing this, all of a sudden now, they're also experiencing a certain amount of fear. In verse, 30, verse 32, it says, as they followed, they were afraid. And he took again the twelve. 
And they began to tell them what things should happen to him. Saying, behold, we go up to Jerusalem and the son of man shall be delivered under the chief priests and under the scribes. And they shall condemn him to death and shall deliver him up to the Gentiles. And they shall mock him and shall scourge him and shall spit on him and shall kill him. And the third day he will rise again. Man, think about this. Jesus had an appointment with destiny. Jesus had an appointment with destiny. He knew that right now was his time. Right now was his moment. Right now, he knew that what he came and what he lived for was all coming down to this last week of his life. Because he knew that he was the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. And he was telling them, I have to go to Jerusalem. This is my moment and this is my time. Go to Zechariah chapter 9. Zechariah chapter 9. I want you to see some of these things in scripture. And I believe as the word's going forth, healing is flowing right where you are. Healing is working in your body. Why? Because Christ is our Passover. In the Old Testament, it was the Lord's Passover. But for us, Christ is our Passover. Zechariah 9 9, and it says this Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon a donkey and upon a colt and a foal of a donkey. The King James Amplified says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king comes to you. He is uncompromisingly just and having salvation. So here we see this, this king. He's a king. This, this one riding on a donkey is a king and he's going to have salvation with him. He's a king and he's going to have salvation with him. He's triumphant and victorious. Patient, meek, lowly, riding on a donkey, upon a colt, the foal of a donkey. See, here it is. Here, here, 550 years before, before Christ. 550 years before Christ was standing there at this point of destiny, telling his disciples that we have to go, we're, we're going to Jerusalem. And here this prophet stood up and said, hey, this man, this king, who's going to have salvation, he's going to be riding on a donkey. Hallelujah. Let's go to Matthew chapter 21. You're going to be like, well, pastor, you're kind of skipping out, skipping all over the place. It's the word. It's the word. I want you to see. I want you to see why Christ has become our Passover. And see, everything that God did in the earth, he had to do it legally. Jesus, could, God just couldn't say, hey, we're just going to do that. No, he had to do it legally. Right? Because he's a God of order. He's a God of order. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Matthew chapter 21. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 21, verse 9. And there's so many other scriptures we could go to. But verse 9, it says, In the multitudes that went before... And that followed, crying, saying, Hosanna. Let's go up to verse, verse 5. 
Verse four. And this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh with thee meek and sitting upon a donkey and a colt and a foal of a donkey. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded. Then verse nine says, and the multitude that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? And the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Now think about this. This was prophesied 550 years before Jesus came. And here we see Jesus tells his disciples, we have to go to Jerusalem. Why? Because he knew he had appointment with destiny. He tells the disciples, I want you to go and find this donkey at this certain place. Why? Because he had an appointment with destiny. And we see that he goes on this donkey and he, he, he goes just as, as it was said. And it said the multitude, it said that was before him and after him. And they were declaring the same thing that the prophet declared. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What were they singing? See, this isn't something that was sung just that year. See, they, see the, the Jewish people did things out of order. They did things out of order. They did things out of tradition. They did things out of custom. They just didn't say, hey, well, I guess we'll do this this day or that day. No, it was always the same day every year at this time, the 10th day, the 14th day of Nisan. This day, on the 20th day, on the 9th day, on the 8th day, everything had a specific order to it. So this was something they did every year. It wasn't just this time. You know, this wasn't the first time they sung this. This was something that was written by David. It was written in Psalms 118 verse 25. It wasn't something they made up that day. It wasn't something that, that they just said, hey, I guess this is a good, a good song to sing because all of a sudden this guy, this, he's riding in on, don't know. This was something they sung every year. Why? Because this was the 10th day of the month. And every year at this time, There would be a high priest that would come in Jerusalem on that same day. This wasn't a new thing. You know, they didn't have Facebook. They didn't have Instagram. They didn't have, they didn't have emails. They didn't have any of that. It wasn't like, okay, hey, uh, uh, he's saying, hey, um, Jesus is going, um, uh, yo, 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 Matthew, can you, um, make sure you make a post? And tell them on this day, I'm going to be coming through Jerusalem on a donkey and make sure they sing that song and make sure they line the streets. No, they were lining the streets because this was something that was ingrained in the Jewish people. What, what were, why were the people already? Why was the multitudes already lining the streets? Because the high priest was coming that day. The natural high priest. Now it's interesting. What did the high priest do? The high priest would go to Bethlehem. And the high priest, because, because the best, the best lambs were raised in Bethlehem. 
And the, and the high priest would make his journey and he would go all the way to, he would make the trek all the way to Bethlehem and he would go and that high priest would go and he would look for the specific lamb. He would look at, look for the lamb that was without blemish and without spot. And he would, he would take that lamb and he would, he would carry that lamb all the way back from Bethlehem into, into Jerusalem. And, and, and they would see him coming afar off and they would see that high priest coming. And I believe on that particular day, I believe Jesus followed the natural high priest in. And I believe, I believe all of a sudden, because what happened right after this, right how there was a messianic miracle that took place right before this, not, not too long before this, about Lazarus was raised from the dead. And it was noise abroad about that man that did those miracles. So all of a sudden now, it's not just, it's not just the, 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 the natural high priest bringing in a lamb. That day, but now it was also, it was also this Jesus, this prophet coming on a, in on a donkey and people saying, this is the man that did the miracles. This is the man that did the signs and the wonders. This is the man. And they waved their palm branches. They waved their palm branches. Thinking maybe this is him. Maybe this is him. God does everything in order. That lamb came from Bethlehem. Where was Jesus born? Bethlehem. The house of bread. That's what Bethlehem means, house of bread. What did Jesus call himself throughout his life? I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. What did he tell the disciples when he took communion on that night? He, he, he lifted up the bread and he said, take it. And what did he, he said, eat all of it. What were they commissioned to do in their homes? In Exodus, eat all of it. You know, the high priest would, would declare who and what the lamb would be. You know, at this time, Roman, Rome, Rome had taken over the system, so to speak, on, on how the different things were. People were selected and the high priests were selected. And at that time, who was really the high priest, in my, in my research and study, wasn't the rightful high priest. I believe the rightful high priest was John the Baptist. Well, how can you say that, Pastor Justin? Well, well, because, because John the Baptist's father was Zacharias. And John the Baptist's mother was Elizabeth. And if you look at Luke chapter 1, it tells us that Zacharias came, was a part of the family of Abijah, which came from the lineage of Aaron. And if you research the history of Elizabeth, she came from the house of Aaron. And Aaron was the rightful high priest. So I believe when Jesus went to be baptized, or, or when, when Jesus was on his way to be baptized, and, and John the Baptist stood up that day, and he declared, he said, Behold, the Lamb that takes away the sin of the world. What was he doing? He was pronouncing the rightful Lamb. He was declaring the rightful Lamb that would take away the sin of the world. But something else also happened is because the rightful high priest also had the right to make a change in priesthood. And so what, right when Jesus, when, when Jesus was baptized and, and, and later on, when, after Jesus was baptized, they said, said, what did you go out in the wilderness to see a lamb? Would you, would you go out to see, uh, you know, a, a, a prophet? And Jesus said, no, much more than a prophet. Why? Because he wasn't just a prophet. He was the rightful high priest. 
And what happened when Jesus went under that water? See, see, this keeps this stuff this keeps coming up in my heart. When 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 Jesus was was baptized on that day, why did Jesus say, "I must be baptized by you"? And what did Jesus say? He said, "I must fulfill all righteousness." What did that mean? It means I must do things the right way. I must do things in order. I mean, I have to be baptized by you. Why? Because you're the rightful high priest. And by you baptizing me in the river Jordan, which is a place of change. That's what the river Jordan is. It's a place of change. So when Jesus went under that water and he came up and he was filled with the Holy Spirit, not only did he come up filled with the spirit, but he also came up with a, with the title of he's also the high priest. Now he wasn't recognized by the Jewish people that day as that. But I believe he became the high priest. It's interesting in the natural that, that on that 10th day, that, 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 that high priest would come in and he would bring that lamb in. And if you, if we go back to Exodus chapter 12 and you look at that, it said that was on the 10th day. And what would they do? They would take, they, it said, pin it up, meaning, meaning make sure you, make sure you put it in to where it can't escape. What happened when after Jesus went in on the 10th day? He had communion with his disciples. He went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed. And then he was betrayed. And what happened? For a couple days, he had a high priest. He had a ruler, a centurion, inspecting him. Looking at him and would it even, even the high priest at that time and would he say, I find no fault with him. Would it even, even, even Pilate, he, he washed his hands and say, I find no fault with him. So even the, even the natural rulers of that day were even saying he's a lamb without spot and he is without blemish. That was for you and for me. You see, Jesus was our lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Even worldly people, or even a godless governor of that town inspected Jesus and said, he's without fault. Even the high priest of that time that was appointed by the Roman government even said he's without fault. So much so that, that he even Pilate was like, I, you know, I, 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 can, I can release him. I let him go. But he said, but they said, let Barabbas go. Jesus is our lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Thank you, Father. Not only the lamb, but about the blood. We can't talk about Passover if we don't talk about the blood. What did, what did, in Exodus, what did they tell them to do? They said, take the blood and put it over the top in both sides. Put it over the top in both sides. 
the blood, the blood of the lamb. Now, it's interesting throughout the Old Testament that that lamb that was that sacrifice for the people was always was always meant to be sacrificed in public for the sins for that particular year. Now, the Passover night was different. But yet the blood on the post was something that was private. You see, Jesus was put on display in public. But it's what you do with the blood in private that has to do with your victory. See, it's not a doorpost on a natural door, but it's the doorpost of our hearts. The blood. That's why David said in Psalms 51, he said, purify me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Purify me. See, there's life in the blood. You see, if a Jewish person would, would look at the doorpost, not, it wasn't just a doorpost, but the, but that reckon that there, there was a blessing when you came in and there was a blessing when you went out to the Jewish people. And they called it, and I'm, I'm not a Jewish scholar or anything like that, but, but they called the doorway to, to, to the, the doorpost of a, of a Jewish person and they called it, um, I believe it's C-H-E-T, Chet. And it also is a number, and, and, and it's the number eight. And it's the number of life. And so when the Jewish per- people would look at this letter, and it looks like a, it looks kind of like a, a just like a, like an N, like a lowercase N, so to speak. And the number represents life. It's a, it's a, it's also represents a gateway to eternal things. And it also is a, it also is a letter that represents covenant. So when we, we look at this doorpost that they would put blood upon, it had to do everything with about this lamb brought access to life and provided an eternal covenant. So when you receive not just his body, but his blood, you're receiving life. Leviticus says life is in the blood. So when we look at the Passover, it's about life. In the Old Testament, it was the Lord's Passover. But Paul told us in Corinthians, it's that Christ is our Passover. Wow. Thank you, Father. So every, every home had to apply this. Every home in the Old Testament had to apply this to their doorways. And it was to be remembered as a feast throughout the generations. Now I'm so grateful that we don't have to do that today. We can remember it and reflect on it from a finished perspective. You know, I can't thank you, Father. You know, on that day that Jesus hung on the cross for us, they had put the spikes in his hands and the crown of thorns in his head, raised him up on the cross, and he died. Now, there's something significant. Remember, God's a God of order. And in the natural on that day, 
If you look at scripture and you look at time at, at the timetable, we know the time that, that Jesus died. We know that he, it said he gave up his spirit at three o'clock in the afternoon. Now, based in tradition, what happened at three o'clock in the afternoon? The high priest would stand at the southeast corner of the temple and he would blow a shofar that would be sounded for miles and miles and miles. And it would radiate throughout the territory. And the high priest would declare that sins would be satisfied for another year. So on that day, I believe in the natural, just like every year in the natural in Jerusalem, the high priest blew that trumpet that day. And I believe that Jesus with his arms stretched out, had his head down. And for that moment, I believe he heard that shofar. And I believe he lifted up his head. And Jesus being, I believe, being the rightful high priest at that time. Declared. It is finished. And he gave up the ghost. And satisfied. Death for each one of us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Christ is our Passover. What does Passover mean for us today? You see, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 28, talks of Moses and it says, By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood. See, faith is, Moses had to have faith in what he was doing. They had to have faith in The sprinkling of blood that what happened under that dispensation was enough. And it's no difference today that just like Moses had to have faith in the Passover then, you and I have to have faith in the finished work of our Christ, which is our Passover. What is our Passover today? Passover represents protection. Protection. I speak protection over you. I declare protection over you. I declare that sickness and disease is far from you. I declare because that Christ is our Passover. I declare if there's any sickness, cancer or disease in your body, it shrivels up and it goes now in the name of Jesus. What does Passover represent? It represents inheritance. What does Passover represent? Passover represents a, an, an affirming of our covenant with God. What does Passover represent? Security and prosperity. Man, after the Israelites took that Passover, the next day, 
They left with all the silver and gold. They left. It said not one feeble was among them. And not only that, but they had it said their clothes didn't wear out. It said their eyesight wasn't abated. Wow. How much more for Christ, our Passover. Jesus, he had that appointment with destiny. He was declaring something that Zachariah said 550 years before. You and I, over 2,000 years ago, we have an appointment with destiny. And it's Jesus. And get this, it's eternal. He doesn't have to die again. We don't have to put blood on a doorpost every year. I'm so grateful that we get to we get to remember. We get to take communion. I'm so grateful that we can we can we can do a Passover Seder and, and that we can reflect on what Christ has done Christ has done for us. But when I think about this, I I just I just thought about Zechariah. And I thought about what he announced. And let me read what he announced again. He said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. You know, Zion represents the church. And he says, Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Wow. But I'm so glad that I get to Declare the word of God to you. And I, I can declare that he did come on a donkey. He did come as a lamb, lame, a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. But I can declare this. He is a, a king that already came. Zechariah said there's a king coming to you. And we say he is just and having salvation. I'm so grateful that we don't have to wait for salvation. Don't look at salvation as one day in the future. Don't look at your healing as one day in the future. Don't say another time, well, I'm going to be healed when? I'm going to be healed tomorrow. Or I'm going to be healed then. I'm going to be delivered then. I'm going to be prosperous then. Make it present tense. My king came and he already brought salvation for my life, spirit, soul, and body. Do you receive that today? Father, we thank you for your word today. And we thank you for the victory that we have in your word. Thank you as we begin this Jewish holiday today. As the sun just set here. We're so grateful for this feast that we can remember, this feast of Passover. And Father, throughout this holy week, throughout this week and throughout next week, throughout this Sunday, through Easter Sunday this week, Good Friday, that we would 
constantly reminded, reminded of our victory that you have wrought for us. Salvation is now. Oh, just right where you are, just whether you're sitting or whether you're standing, just lift your hands and worship our Savior. Worship your Christ, your Passover. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I thank you, Father, that healing flows through you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. If there's anyone here on, on uh, our team here that, that has a word or something, just, uh, just be obedient. Hallelujah. Whether it's a word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, we praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I declare the enemy is defeated in your life. And that's what I think that that Passover just represents, that it represents Satan's defeat in my victory. Wow. Wow. Think about that. That Passover represents Satan's defeat and your victory. Wow. Hallelujah. Think about that. That Passover represents Satan's defeat and your victory. Think about it. That 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 Passover represents cancer's defeat in your victory. Think about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That 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 that, that Passover represents poverty's defeat in your victory. Hallelujah. That Passover represents the defeat of hopelessness, but yet it represents your victory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. The defeat of hopelessness for your victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I receive that from my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Father, we declare that you are our Christ, our Passover over this nation. And we declare the blood of Jesus is pushing back the darkness of the enemy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm, thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Father, and we thank you for it tonight. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You are faithful. You're faithful. Just pray in the Holy Ghost for a moment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're faithful. You're faithful. Thank you, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. I just get a, I have a picture on the inside of me of there was someone that you um, yesterday you reached down and you went to pick something up. And when you turned, something just just all of a sudden went just numb in your back. If that's you and right now you're laying down right now, you're laying down. I want to encourage you get up in the name of Jesus. I want you to get up in the name of Jesus. And start working that. Start working that. Hallelujah. So you have a there's someone with a pinched nerve in their neck. Hallelujah. And it hurts when you turn your neck left to the left. Hallelujah. 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 Place, place your hand on the left side of your neck and turn your head to the right. Hallelujah. And just start working it. And just start working it. And just, and just say, Christ is my Passover. How, say, Christ is my Passover. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. There's something, there's someone that you, you felt like you've had something in your, in your throat that you haven't been able to get up. It's something like, it's almost like it's blocked there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What I keep hearing is, go spit in the sink. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. Mm, hallelujah. Is there anyone else here that has anything? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I did, we declare lungs to be clear. <clears throat> lungs to be clear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We speak to fevers and we command fevers to subside. Fevers to break in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, you're faithful. Oh, Father, we just rejoice in you tonight, and we thank you that you are faithful. You are faithful. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Receive this word tonight. Hallelujah. I'm going to encourage you to send, send this message, message to someone else. I encourage you to, to send this message to someone else. Right now, some of our greatest influence can be is when God places something in our heart and just messaging someone or calling someone. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 
I think I've got a release in my heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We love you all. Have a great rest of the week, and you'll see us on Sunday morning. God bless.